0: You make a decision. You're going all in on a relationship, a job, a business, a home. (laughs) You tell yourself, this time I'm sticking to it. I'm not wavering in my belief. But you hit one little bump in the road. He says, no. She says, not yet. They say, no way. So you tell yourself, I decided I'm going to keep going. You keep at it, one week, a month, a quarter, pass. You're going strong and then you hit a real hurdle. (laughs) Except this time, you decide you're out. It's time to move on and move out. On to different and better pastures. Sure, you told yourself you were gonna stick to it, but come on, man, things have changed, right? You can't possibly keep going down this path with that person, with this opportunity, with that thing, doing the same thing. You just can't. Okay, well, we've all felt this way about something, some decision in our lives. A decision that our past selves told our future selves we would stick to for good. A decision we were content with at the time, and we promised ourselves. We wouldn't waver from it. What changed? How do you know whether you second-guess yourself or whether you simply made a new decision that you like? According to Merriam-Webster, the definition of second-guess is to criticize or question actions or decisions, often after the results of those actions or decisions are known. So again, how do you know when it's time to dig your heels in, and recommit to the decision you've already made versus change course and head in that different direction. The tool we'll engage with today is the decision stack. The decision stack is a process for running a root cause analysis on your decision. This will help you inform whether and why you're second guessing yourself. So the decision stack. Say you've made a decision on a place you wanna live. Let's call that place Alpha. (laughs) You've set your mind on Alpha for months now. You've gone through the topsy-turvy roundabout journey to making Alpha an option for you to stay at. You're about to move into Alpha, then something happens. You get a text about another document that's needed for you to move in. It's the final straw. You pull out. Why? Enter the decision stack. Question number one, why did you want alpha? Well, if we're carrying through with this for one, it was in a sunny and hot location. Two, it was quiet and seemed safe. Three, there was a beautiful view and fun amenities. Okay, well, question two of the decision stack. Why did you really want alpha? Well, I guess it was really because it was in a sunny and hot location. Okay, then decision stack question three. Does the alternative decision beta deliver on that reason or unlock a more compelling reason? Well, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, I mean, it so turns out that if I really think about beta only through the lens of it being sunny and hot, then like during these particular months of the year, that box is checked. I guess it really does. Plus, when I really think about it by not sticking with alpha, the decision my past self had made, I get to invest that money in another area of my life that's an even more compelling reason for me. Well, we all have an implicit hierarchy of preferences that we most often don't verbalize. We pretend we don't know, but that's often because we're afraid of or ashamed of the real reason we want something, why we wanted it and decided on it in the first place. You see the result of a decision the job, the home, the city, the relationship, the business, is a single container that is the end product of many, many reasons, multiple thoughts. In biology, we call this equifinality. Equifinality is the principle that in open systems, a given end state, a result, can be reached by many potential means. In other words, there's lots of different pathways that lead to the same outcome. If you visualize a dot on the map, equifinality is lots of different arrows coming from all sorts of angles, all pointing towards that single dot. Well, in our decision-making, we tend to give different weighting to these different reasons. But when you say simply list out in like an old school pro-con type list, You get the illusion of equal importance given to each reason. Instead, there's usually actually just one, just one reason that's dispositive or which decides the issue. Now I'm not suggesting some complex regression analysis either. Don't worry. (laughs) The decision stack is just a series of three simple questions. One, why did you decide on the thing you wanted Two. why did you really decide on the thing you wanted? Three, does the alternative decision deliver on that reason or unlock an even more compelling reason? The decision stack is helpful when we face a fear of missing out a fear of having missed out, or a fear that we're gonna miss out. (laughs) The thought I'm missing out can often be past-focused, or it can be future-focused. When I'm missing out is past-focused, say I missed out on my college years, or a thought like that. That usually creates a feeling of sadness when we're looking backwards. When I'm gonna miss out is future-focused, say I'm gonna miss out on living in alpha. to go back to the example from before, then that usually creates a feeling of anxiety. It's looking forward. Here's the kicker. When you think any permutation of the thought, I'm missing out, the result you create is you missing out on your life in the here and now. Moreover, when you train your brain to scan for all the waves you've been missing out, are missing out or will miss out, (laughs) once you get the thing you've been working towards, achieve the goal you set your mind to, Get the relationship, the job, the home, close the deal, whatever it might be, here's what you'll find. Your brain will start scanning for ways you're missing out then. However we train our minds to think and feel now is how we'll feel when we get there. Thinking that you're missing out is just another form of second guessing the decisions you've already made. You know, it's funny. Sometimes we'd rather have some force outside of us make the decision for us rather than own the decision ourselves. That way, we sneakily think we can't judge or shame ourselves for making the quote, wrong decision. After all, it was always something or someone out of our control that made it, right? (laughs) But here's the lie in this all. We're always the one deciding, always. In every moment, in every day, in every decision. Oh, your, your phone is dying, so the call drops? Or your laptop is dying, so you have to stop overworking? (laughs) It might seem like some things, some force outside of you made it so. But you saw the phone at 14%. You saw it at 7% battery. Your mind considered the possibility of reaching over and grabbing the charger. You entertained the possibility of plugging your computer in. But you didn't. Because you didn't want to. Who would you be without the thought? that it just happened. Who would you be if you just decided that's what you wanted most? Three of the most impactful decisions in life are one, where you live, two, what you do, and three, the people you do it with. The fourth and most important perhaps is how you make decisions. Or is it? If you're thoroughly confused or curious about how you can make better decisions and stop second-guessing yourself for good, head on over to jonathanherzogcoach.com today and book a one-on-one consult. There, I did it. I decided for you. (laughs) Now go.